Welcome to the Doctors Hospital podcast. I am your host, Alexis Burrows, brand manager at Doctors Hospital. I'm so excited to be back recording the podcast. Um, We took a bit of a break and now we're back with season two. And what better way to kick off our second season of the podcast than talking about heart health? Uh, For those of you that may not know, February is recognized as Heart Health Month around the world. Um, And right now at Doctors Hospital, we're actually offering some discounts for screening in that space. So we wanted to bring on um, two members of our staff who can speak to um, heart health, heart health issues, screening, all of those sorts of things. So today we have joining us on the show, Dr. Alejandro Mezplez, who's an interventional cardiologist here at Doctors Hospital, and Dr. Manish Sharma, who's our director of imaging here at Doctors Hospital. Uh, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. So I want to start off um, just by kind of giving our listeners an idea of, you know, some of the conversation that we're going to have today. So Dr. Mezplez, as an interventional cardiologist, is here to speak to, you know, what is heart disease and what are some of the signs that, you know, you as an everyday individual may want to look out for to say, you know, I, I may have an issue. I may need to come in and see someone about it. Um, and then he's going to talk through some of the treatment options that are available um, if you do indeed uh, show signs of a heart condition. Um, we also have Dr. Sharma, who's going to speak more so to the screening um, side of things. So what that process looks like, what options are available to you to kind of get yourself tested and screened to see if indeed you do have a heart condition. So I want to start with you, Dr. Mezplez. Um, and this is a broad strokes question. So feel free to kind of answer, you know, um, as broadly as you can. But what exactly is heart disease? Uh, yes, heart disease is a uh, damage to any of the structures of the heart. Uh, arteries, uh, mask valves, uh, coronary artery disease is more frequent, uh, dangerous, and is is a big problem for us. The main cause of mortality here in the Bahamas and worldwide is the coronary artery disease. So I'm sure you know the next question for a lot of people would be. How do I know if I'm at risk for heart disease? Or perhaps, you know, what are some other health issues that may make me um, have a greater risk of heart disease? Okay, uh, heart disease is secondary to, to, to many other uh, systemic disease because patients with risk factors, uh, like hypertension, uh, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, many times also genetic genetic factors can uh, develop uh, heart disease. The structure or the function of the heart can be uh, affected uh, with this disease, and this is very important. Uh, to prevent, to treat uh, quickly this, this disease and 
uh, heart disease uh, because when the patient have a structural uh, heart disease, it is very difficult to, to change the prognosis and the future of this patient. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what are some signs that I should look out for that may tip me off to say that I may have uh, a developing heart problem? Now, like, what are some of the things that a patient may see in their own day-to-day -day life that may say, hey, I should probably go and get my heart checked out? Yes, check the heart is, is very important and it's a, uh, an important challenge uh, for the patients. Uh, our service at doctor hospital can be uh, very important for this patient because the information is very important. We we have technology and we have the, the team, the medical team, to, to check everything. Um, we use uh, EKG, uh, echocardiograms, uh, stress test, uh, angiogram, uh, angiogram by a catheter or angiogram with a CT uh, machine, Dr. Munich will talk about that. And of course, uh, many times the patient needs um, support with these studies to, to make a control and a, a good follow-up. But at uh, Dr. Hospital, we can do that. And many patients uh, suffer this heart uh, disease and complications. And with this uh, method, we, we can uh, help uh, very much. Okay. Um, so obviously during, um, you know, the, the last year and change, we've been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and one of the, the topics that typically comes up when people talk about it is, um, you know, the, the challenge that people with pre-existing conditions or comorbidities face if you know they if they contract COVID if they if they develop symptoms that sort of thing so um what what is you know some of the complications or the concerns that exist for um uh, an individual that may have a heart problem may have one of these heart diseases that you've talked about um and navigating COVID-19 yes I, I agree with you this is a, a big challenge for us uh, COVID-19 is a virus um, this virus causes uh, many inflammation, very important inflammation in our body, and also uh, micro thrombosis of the small mm -hmm. arteries. Small arteries in brain, the kidney, the heart, and the long-term evolution of this patient is very, very important because uh, the complication is uh, arrhythmias and uh, cardiac uh, dysfunction. 
and it's very important for us and for the patient, of course, check everything and treat very quickly these possible uh, uh, complications and prevent uh, a big uh, complications. Mm -hmm. Understood. Um, so just kind of backtracking, you know, we're talking about uh, heart disease, and I guess one of the things that naturally would come up, one of the questions that would naturally come up is, you know, why is it so important to detect it early? Because, you know, we, we're offering some discounts this month on um, our detection services, so the coronary angio, uh, angiogram and some other services that we're offering. So why is it so important to detect it early? Um, yes, I, I think the, the coronary angiogram is the last step in the study of a patient with, the, with coronary disease or with heart disease. Uh, many patients have chest pain or have uh, shoulder bread or palpitations. But first, we need to, to check ischemia and we need to use other uh, methods to, to, to do that. Uh, many times, patients need an echocardiogram or stress test uh, before uh, to do a, a, a coronary angiogram. A coronary angiogram uh, is a gold standard in the diagnosis of patients with coronary artery disease, coronary arteries with blockage, with stenosis, with ischemia. But uh, it's very important for us to check first ischemia because the prognosis of this patient uh, have a, a strong relation and the complication of the ischemia is, is very dangerous for the patient. Uh, myocardial infarction or myocardial dysfunction is is uh, main problem, and the coronary angiogram is is very important for us because if the patient have uh, blocked arteries, we can uh, make a, a revascularization. We can open these arteries with a joplasty with stem the placement or in patients high risk or with uh, uh, complex uh, disease, we can use the open surgery to, to solve this, this situation. But the hospital have these options with very good results and safe for the patient and very effective and mm -hmm. with, uh, scientific support. Uh, but the coronary angiogram is, is very important, but it's the last step in the study of this patient. Okay. 
Understood. Before we continue, here are a few words on Doctors Hospital's Loyalty Advantage Membership Program. Doctors Hospital is proud to introduce the Loyalty Advantage Membership Program, or LAMP. LAMP offers medical service discounts to new and existing Doctors Hospital patients. With membership starting as low as $20 per month, LAMP benefits include fee waivers for insured patients, discounts on inpatient and outpatient services, access to free imaging services, and much more. For a full list of benefits or to sign up for LAMP, visit doctorshoffs.com slash LAMP. Doctors Hospital, trusted and best care now. Isn't your health worth it? So uh, we'll jump over to you, Dr. Sharma. Um, so what are, what are some of the methods that we use to detect or to help detect heart disease in a patient that comes into the hospital space? So when we do, um, essentially we talk about, uh, in this case, we're talking about screening. Um, we're not talking about, so essentially you want to divide your patients into two groups. For the audience, it's important to understand that. So the one group of patients is the one who would be put into the low-risk scenario. Right, so a low-risk scenario for us uh, would be a typical, let's say, 50-year-old male who who is otherwise active, has no real chest complaints, but he does a lab test and he finds that his triglycerides and cholesterol are elevated, or he has a family history of heart attacks, maybe a dad had a heart attack. Um, he may be a smoker, right? Um, may have diabetes. So maybe on treatment, but he's a diabetic, he's 50, right? Or many times people come for routine annual checks and get an ECG, and the ECG may show an abnormality. They're not symptomatic, but the ECG shows some changes. Um, they may have hypertension, which may be moderate to severe. They may be on treatment, but they are hypertensive. So the, all of this is a low-risk scenario. The patient is not symptomatic, but he's got certain markers which may suggest that he has heart disease, right? And that's what would prompt a physician uh, who's essentially seeing a healthy patient in his clinic otherwise to ask them to come over to uh, imaging to do something what we call as a screening evaluation. Now, what's the benefit of the screening evaluation? Um, yes, it has, it has uh, an important role. Firstly is, if that screening exam is completely normal, right, it has, if it is normal, then it has very high sensitivity and specificity in the sense that it's extremely unlikely that any other test, whether it's a stress, thallium, nuclear medicine, an MR, any other test would show an abnormality when this did not show it. So it has very high sensitivity for a negative predictive value. And if it does show a disease, then it can actually grade the disease to determine what is the next best step in management. So is it to be managed medically or does it need to undergo a catheter angio? Does it require stenting or a bypass? Or So that would be grading the severity of the disease which you found incidentally in a low-risk scenario, right? Mm. The other scenario would be when a patient is actually a high-risk patient. And that would be a patient who is symptomatic uh, he may have occasional chest pain, uh, they may have shortness of breath, but the physician is not really completely convinced that it is cardiac, right? The chest pain may be atypical, what we call it. So it may be more on the right side rather than the left side. Um, the patient may have uh, had a previous uh, diagnosis of uh, cardiomyopathy or some abnormality on an echocardiogram previously. 
or his ECGs are showing changes which are commensurate with a prior heart attack. So, in those scenarios where you know that there is disease, you know, the, uh, a screening exam may really not be the best exam to do. The screening exam will show you disease. We know there's going to be disease. But it's not going to really make a difference because the management cannot be done simultaneously. We are just going to diagnose, diagnose it. So, that's the place where a catheter angio definitely trumps because you're not only getting to know the stenosis, but you're also simultaneously stenting it or attempting to treat it. Uh, mm. So that's essentially what we're going to try and uh, understand here is that what is the risk for an average patient? And if you fall into those category of a low risk uh, and you're 50 and above, then yes, definitely go ahead and get yourself screened. Because a lot of patients are asymptomatic and incidentally you may detect disease which could precipitate a heart attack or significant cardiac outcomes in the near future. So that's what we want mm -hmm. to prevent essentially, right? Okay. So how does the, the actual coronary angiogram work? Because I know, you know, that's what we're, one Correct. of the things that we're promoting during Correct. this month. So. How does that work? And I guess I'll ask you these two questions in one. What can a patient expect if they're coming into the environment for a coronary angiogram? How do, how, what can they prepare themselves for? Right. So um, uh, that's a good question. Definitely when, uh, when a patient is seen by a physician, he's referred to us for this screening coronary angiogram, then the first thing you would do essentially is do a baseline evaluation, which means that I'm going to check the patient's pulse, the blood pressure, and the breath-holding capacity, right? Uh, we need to do that baseline evaluation because we are going to decide uh, the next steps for the exam, right? So there are certain things which are intricate and may not be necessary to explain. Thereafter, when the patient comes in for the coronary angio, so we, once we do a baseline evaluation, we're going to schedule an exam based on certain treatments or drugs we may have to or may not have to give. So when the patient comes in for the coronary angio, uh, the basic requirement essentially from our side is to be fasting for four to six hours, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, we are going to be injecting the, the dye uh, through a peripheral line, an IV cannula, and that dye can sometimes induce nausea. So we would prefer our patients to be fasting four to six hours. So yeah, there's definitely several people in the audience who may have had a CAT scan in the past, so it's very similar to that. Uh, when you go inside the exam, uh, on, when you lie on the table, the first thing you probably do is to put EG leads on the chair uh, because we are going to be simultaneously tracking the heart while we do the scan. Um, we do one plain uh, scan initially. A plain scan essentially is what, without the IV contrast, without the dial. And that picks up the mm -hmm. calcium. Uh, the calcium essentially refers to the the old plaque, the, the disease in the arteries, which is which has been mm -hmm. there for some time and it has undergone dystrophic calcification. So we pick up the calcium burden in that patient. After that, we will be uh, determining what is the best way to scan the patient based on the parameters and we give the dye and we do the scan. The exam is an outpatient study. There's no sedation and analgesia or anesthesia involved. Uh, if we walk in at nine o'clock, Considering the whole package of 
changing, setting up an IV, signing a couple of forms, getting the plane and contrast study, you should be done within half an hour um, mm-hmm. and you'd be ready to go. But what we acquired is a huge data set of images. Uh, it runs to the tune of 4,000 to 5,000 images. And we are able, oh, wow. we are able to post process all of that. And we get details, not just about the coronary arteries, but also everything else outside of that, which includes the myocardium, the muscles essentially of the heart, how they're contracting, uh, which part of it is contracting optimal or suboptimal, the valves mm-hmm. uh, of the heart, whether the valves are uh, closing, clo- uh, is there some amount of uh, stenosis or regurgitation. So we get a lot more details, not just the coronary. It's a, it's a fairly comprehensive exam uh, of the heart mm-hmm. um, and we also get to see okay. we also get to see a bit of the lungs and the chest adjacent to the heart so it's um, it's not really extremely focused um, and, mm-hmm. and many times you pick up a lot of incidental findings as well so it makes a difference okay. it's interesting um i guess just as a, a kind of uh, a layman's follow-up mm-hmm. right um i know a lot of people express concerns about some of the types of studies where, you know, you may be in a chamber and there's loud noise. How, how does the, how does the coronary, coronary angiogram work from that standpoint? Is it, you know, something where they would have to be, you know, closed in space, you know, that sort of right. thing? Right. Um, the general uh, understanding, I guess, is the donut, right? The, the CT scanner mm-hmm. is the donut. Um, uh, fortunately, uh, we have the advantage of uh, it being a narrow donut. So, the mm-hmm. MRI scanner is the elongated donut where you really get into the machine and kind of a lot mm-hmm. of patients suffer claustrophobia. But on a mm-hmm. CT scanner, the donut is uh, extremely narrow. So essentially at any given point of time, it's um, uh, a very short segment of the body which is inside right. the donut. Uh, your okay. your head is almost always going to be outside of the scanner. It's, it's wide and airy. Uh, usually... Uh, extremely rare to see uh, have patients who have claustrophobia inside a CT scanner. Uh, it's more it's more of an MRI complaint because like uh, because right. of the length. Um, okay. And the exam is short, like I said, the, the, pro- the proper scan is just 15 seconds where you really go in and out. Um, right. So um, uh, unlikely that it would be a major concern for another patient. From that perspective, mm-hmm. right. Okay, good. Um, Thank you. So, Dr. Mesplez, we're going to come back to you. So, somebody's come into the hospital um, and, you know, they've gone through the process of screening uh, and so on and so forth. Um, what do they then do if they find out that they do have heart disease? What are, what are the next steps? Okay. The first, first time, I think the patient needs to, to control the higher the risk factors, uh, blood pressure, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol. It's very, very important to, to control. And the medical treatment is very important. Medications, uh, diet, exercise, uh, healthy life. It's very important because change the prognosis of these patients and, of course, the quality of life. I think uh, the, we need to check 
every year in these high-risk patients uh, with a stress test and echocardiogram because with these two methods we, we can uh, make a risk stratification of the patient. Uh, I agree totally with Dr. Sharma. Uh, low risk patients, uh, if doctor need more information, the CT uh, angiogram is a great uh, option. And uh, also, why not with patient high risk patients? Because the information with the CT angiogram is not only about the lumen of the artery, it's about the wall of the artery. And it's, it's very, very, very important information for, for the doctor, for the cardiologist. Uh, of course, if, if the patient is a high risk patient, about diabetes, hypertension, chest pain, uh, ECG will change, uh, lab test with high uh, level of uh, troponin or other uh, protein in the blood. This is a, a very different patient because we need to be aggressive. And um, I'm, I'm sure make a coronary angiogram by catheter because the revascularization of these patients, the open arteries uh, uh, with this patient is, is very, very important. Uh, the blood flow uh, normal in coronary artery uh, Increase the decrease sorry the, the complications, the mortality, cardiac infarction, and is is great option for the patient. CT uh, angiogram is excellent option for patients with chest pain, but when they, when the doctors say okay, is is heart pain or, or uh, other structures uh, have damage or, or something like that. CT angiogram is have not uh, uh, invasive uh, procedure. It's very easy to do. Uh, the patient have no pain. Uh, it's very quickly, no more than 20 minutes. And uh, uh, all is done. The, the information is is excellent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I just have one final question for you. Um, you know, obviously we're talking about detection and all of that, but what are some of the treatment uh, methods that exist for heart disease? You know, you, you mentioned there's a couple of them, but in terms of what's most common in our space, um, what are some of the most common treatment methods? Um, that a patient can expect to go through if they are um, found to have heart disease? Yes, we uh, 
basically the patients with, with heart disease uh, can receive a medical treatment, medical uh, with uh, medication, oral tablets, uh, the pharmaceutical industry have new medications and uh, change the future of the patients and the quality of life. But patients with coronary artery disease, uh, acute patients, uh, it's very important to to open the arteries, the blockage arteries, um, with a catheter, with balloons, with stenting, or with bypass and open uh, surgery. Of course, uh, the medicine changes in the last 10, 20 years. And now 90% of patients with coronary artery disease, uh, the most important treatment is the, the angioplasty and stenting. Uh, and bypass artery is only for patients with high risk or with uh, multiple uh, vessel disease. Mm -hmm. uh, we, at Dr. Hospital, we can uh, treat high-risk patients, low-risk patients, uh, because we have the, the, the technology, the medical team, and the support of many, many people that work uh, for that. Um, but the treatment is, is very important. And uh, we, uh, we, we need to, to, to take a decision about the treatment. But first, we need to, to, to take information on CT, angiogram, echocardiogram, stress test, uh, show us the very, very important uh, issues about the patient. It's, it's very difficult to take decisions about the treatment in these patients uh, because uh, if the patient have a, a coronary angiogram with uh, many uh, vessels with occlusion or stenosis, we need to, to know about the ventricular function, about mm -hmm. uh, ischemia, about the uh, arrhythmia, about the, the valve uh, function, many, many information. And uh, for, with the, with the equipment, uh, Dr. Hospital, uh, we can do that. Okay. All right. Um... It's a lot of uh, really good information. Um, I want to thank you both for joining us today on the podcast. Um, a lot of good information, both from the um, detection side of things as well as, well as the um, treatment uh, and, and taking care of a patient after the fact. 
Um, so I want to thank you both for taking part. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy, um, you know, getting all of this, this really good information. Um, and we encourage anyone who's listening who, who may think that they have a need to, to come in and get checked out um, to reach out to our imaging department. Um, Dr. Sharma, can you just give us um, the, the contact information quickly? Uh, so if anyone is interested in reaching out to set up a, a, a test that they can. Right, Alexis. Uh, thank you for that opportunity. Um, I'm glad that uh, we are able to disseminate this important information in the month of Feb. Uh, the promotion is uh, most likely going to extend into the month of March as well. I'm happy uh, okay. we're going to be able to pull it uh, and so that we can kind of uh, disseminate it to the wider public. Uh, I know time is an issue and uh, COVID is a difficult scenario, so it's better to allow mm -hmm. it to percolate longer. Uh, all you need to do is essentially call uh, 302-4662. Uh, that is the imaging front office. Uh, they can give you a bit of information on how to, what would be the steps uh, and what to expect. Uh, they can guide you with regards uh, getting an appointment and uh, how to go about with regards to pricing and payment options and discounts. So definitely uh, go ahead and call that number and you'll be able to get the information you need. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Sharma. And Dr. Mesplas, I think you're working out of our specialist clinic, correct? It's correct. Uh, right. Also, thank you very much for the invitation. I agree with Dr. Sharma, the promotion of this uh, service at Dr. Hospital is, is nice for the people, for the population. Um, move forward. Excellent. Thank you very much. Right. right. So if anyone who's listening is interested in setting up a visit with Dr. Mezplez, you can reach out to our specialist clinic at Sandoval Medical Center. The phone number is 302-3250. Um, and again, as Dr. Sharma mentioned, if you are interested in coming in and going through the screening test, you can reach out to our imaging department at 302-4662. Thank you both, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Take care.